Hey everyone, and welcome to another new episode of Across the Airwaves Smallville Retro Reviews. This episode is actually our first episode of 2012, the new year. And, well, to get things started, I'll introduce myself as Michael J. Petty. And with me is and my co Ah. Oh, I'm sorry. No problem. But, yes, this is my co-host. Ooh, as Kim, is it really 2012 already, sir? Yeah, I know. It is. It's a year after Smallville's death, or I mean, beginning. Yes, and according to the Mayan calendar, we're not going to be here next year, so it looks like 2012 really good. Yeah, this might be it, guys, so hang on to your hats. Yes, yeah, Sam Winchester is going to like say yes again, and we'll all screw it all over again. Oh. Not again. Yes, not again. Hasn't this happened before? before? We start, yeah. Before we start, sir, I want to get something off my chest. Um, and you know this, and so I'm not going to go into great detail about it. Um, on um, December 31st, I got robbed on the way home from the emergency room. Some guy pretended that he was um, trying to help me in my apartment lobby, and when he was helping me into the elevator, he stole my iPod. So this is a message to all of you that live in big cities: don't, don't leave the house by yourself after midnight, especially on a Friday night. That was a stupid move with me. And for those of you who don't know, I'm in a wheelchair. What's so that's my point. If it can happen to me, it can happen to anybody. Yeah. And, yeah. Robbery is not really a good thing. So, and you really don't want to be involved in anything like that either. So, just stay clear of it. Be smart. Yeah. And I wasn't smart. I've actually gotten quite soft. I used to live in big cities. And it's been a while since I've actually lived in a big city. And part of that was my fault. I should have not trusted this person that was trying to help me. Mm -hmm. But, like, I think they mentioned it on Smallville, like, if you're willing enough to, like, rob a guy in a wheelchair, I mean, there is no sacred place in the world. Yeah, ex exactly, I agree with that. And you, you're in L.A., right? Yeah. Correct? What? You're in L.A., correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, plus it is L.A., yeah. so that could just be California, yeah. but I'm sure it happens here in Chicago, yeah, I mean, too. Well, people were appalled, and I don't really, I, I'm not really shocked that they were. I mean, but again, I care about our listeners, and I care about, like, their safety, and that's why I'm saying this to you guys. I mean, I'll say it one more time. If it could happen to me, a guy in a wheelchair, I mean, it could happen to anybody. Mm -hmm. But just don't go out by yourself, no matter what the reason is, after 12 o'clock in L.A. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, being out that late in any big city is never a good yeah. sign. And you have an excuse because you were at the emergency room, but... Yeah. yeah, I mean, part of it wasn't my fault, but part of it was. But, like, well, the story is, like, don't talk to people in big cities other than, like, hello and goodbye. And don't be too personable, because personable in small towns, I know you live in Chicago, so it probably doesn't apply to you, 
principally in small towns is okay, but principally in like big cities is like sucky. That's why you hit this guy's phone. Mm-hmm. Right. But to move on to a more happier bit of news, we have been doing a little bit of snippet. 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 Yeah. If you don't love listening, so for those of you who don't know, on the final episode of Dark World House Alone, for those of you who followed us from Dark World House Alone, is now online at starkwithsmallboypodcast.com. And what were your thoughts about this episode, too? I loved the final episode of Shoe. I thought it was done wonderfully. It was basically a documentary and a half. I mean, it had had everything we wanted. Yeah, I was not expecting half of the stuff that came out of that thing. Especially Derek and Steve beating each other up while most dogs are trucking in the background. That was funny. That was funny. I I love the opening. I love the opening. Of the whole thing. Well, the Back to the Future part, or the um, the the first ten, the first five ten minutes of it was awesome. I mean, the whole thing was awesome, yeah. but I love that too. Yeah, I liked um, the Family Ties opening because I kind of, I was like two or three years old when that show happened, so I was like really really surprised um, Derek and Steve and the guys went through that much detail. Mm-hmm. Well, and I was actually—I'll be honest—I was surprised. No, no problem. I was surprised though, by how many people sent in videos. I marked out, and if you don't know what marked out is, it's a wrestling term, a pro wrestling term. I marked out when I saw your face and Dan's face and Hollywood girl's face. I was a little disappointed we didn't get to see Alicia Lee's face. Yeah, I know, I know. Oh well. It happens, I oh, guess. Oh well, but I was so happy, even though it was for two seconds. For those who don't know, I recorded a about a 15 minute version of the video when it was two seconds for it to use the ball. So I, I was surprised they used me so little, but I was weren't surprised that they even used me at all, so I was very happy about that. Yeah, they, I'm pretty sure they made sure to use everyone, especially you and I, because we really did frequent the comment sections, and a bunch of other people did as well. I'm not trying to exclude them or anything, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Natasha was on there. That was my only, like, really big life of But to see people from Scotland and Australia... Yeah. I was like really surprised, but wow. Well, and then. If, if anybody goes. Oh. No, 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 go ahead. No, uh, if any wireless characters are from there, give us a shout out because that would like draw our minds. You know, there's a guy from LA and a guy from Chicago. We have listeners like from Colorado. Mm hmm. Yeah. And. I was just going to say, I think I thought it was awesome because a lot of these people that I had talked to through the chat or on Twitter or whatever, I got to actually see for the first time. I thought that was pretty sweet. Yeah. And, and uh, I was just going to mention that too. Well, I'm not going to lie to those listeners out there. That was the, the shoe video was the first time I had ever seen those pretty space. Mm hmm. 
Well, because the first time hitting two of my things. Well, actually, you video chatted me the first time we talked. Yeah, so it was kind of like a dra our Dragon Con meeting. Yeah. Instead of us, like, hugging and so emotional. Exactly. Well, I mean, the thing is, I don't really show my face anywhere, because I'm, I'm not supposed to, according to my yeah. mother, but I had to for this. Well, I mean, it's a lie. Well, I don't like to show my face either. That's why we do podcasts. Exactly. Yeah, we're not, like, doing a talk show or anything. Now, Nico, on the other hand, loves to see, to show his face, because he is on that YouTube channel all the time. Well, he's also on the website, too. What? He's also, he's also on the Across the Airways website on there, too. Yeah, he's on the Across the Airways website, so is Dan. Yeah. yeah. Dan's video was cool, too. Yeah. So, if you're a fan of shoes, if you followed us because of shoes, please just go over and download the video. Um, there is no audio, there is no audio version of the podcast, so... But the, the video is this sit down, it moves really fast. For as long as video is it is, it's like almost two hours, it moves really fast. You might need to speak up a little bit, dude. Okay. If you if you can't hear me, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Part of the reason my voice kinda of sounds a little off, I am just, just recovering from bronchitis at the end. So I apologize if I'll be stepping out the cough. I'll be rolling on my time if you do much to talk to you this time. Well, you're also on the phone. Yes, I'm also on the phone. Instead of a I, computer. I'm at MIA for the time being, so please excuse the quality of my voice. Yeah. But anyway, two games. Go ahead. Or, or I might be on the pirate radio if you don't know. You, well, you might be on the pirate radio. That's true, too. That means I'd be yeah. on the pirate radio. Yeah. Yes. Yes, we're coming back. What a great episode to come back on. Yeah, I know. And for those of you who don't know, because I actually really haven't said anything about what we're talking about tonight, um, we are actually covering Smallville, the final and tenth season on DVD and Blu-ray. So we are covering that box set. Now, Woo, I actually have the box set now. I do not have the complete okay, series. Okay, I was just going to ask you. Yeah, I don't have the complete series set yet. I do, however, have the 10th season set because I saw it at the store and it was discounted at Target. I'm like, all right, I have to get it. I need to complete my collection until I get that set. Oh, and let's just go through the, the box set itself. The box set for the Blu-ray, I have the Blu-ray. Um, comes with the sleeve and of course the box set. The special features, they were actually very slim on the thing, which I was very disappointed about. Yeah. I think they put more of their effort into um, the complete series box set for this, and I understand why they did. But at the same time, I was a little disappointed because the cover art even for this box set for season 10, it's a piece of promo art that we had seen six months before the finale. And now your cousin, which you grabbed to me about. Well, yeah, and my cousin, Craig Klein, did not design this. He designed covers 5 through 9, I'm sure of, and I don't remember if he did 1 through 4 or not. I don't think so. But I know he did 5 through 9, and he did not do 10 because he worked on the complete series set instead. Yeah, 
Not to go off on a tangent, but speaking of promo art, I think one through four was pretty much just promo art for that coming season. I know uh, the first season was promo art. Well, yeah. definitely the first one, but I remember seeing that season four box set, which is my favorite cover art, I think, of the whole series. Mm-hmm. I know, yeah. Season... I just like that green. What? I just like the green look about it. Yeah. It does kind of have that feel, doesn't it? Yeah, and I also like the fact that, you know, you know, Clark and Lois, I, really, I just like it with Clark and Lois on, on the cover. That's why I like season eight as well. But going back to the special features, we have two commentaries. One for one for life, Lazarus. Which I understood why they did Lazarus because it was the last premiere, and it it's a really good episode. Dominion is what kind of yeah. caught me. I'm surprised they didn't do one on yeah. finale. I was a little disappointed. Yes. Well, here's the thing about finale. There's so much going into that. I think they didn't want to talk for two hours for one, or like actually watch the episode tonight to get prepped for this. Um, the episode is an hour and 24 minutes. I don't think they wanted to talk about it for that long. Well, I mean, someone could have done the first half and then someone else could have done the second. Yeah, but I think, I think with like the whole symmetry thing, they've, ne they've never done commentaries for finale though in the whole history. Which, which I would have. I would have really loved it if they did one for Salvation as well, but they didn't do that either. Yeah. Well, generally, I think they only do. I mean, even back in the miles and hours, they only did like commentaries for like beginning episodes. Yeah, but they did Dominion for this season, which is the third to last episode. Yeah. For some reason, I guess they like Calabrian commentary. Hmm? They like Cal's real on commentary, I think, because the only he did commentary for Candle or season nine as well. So I guess they really, the producers really like Cal's real voice on commentary. They must. I mean, I haven't, personally, I don't think I've listened to any of the commentaries. I know what they all are. And I think I listened to part of Rosetta. But I haven't, like, been able to watch it all the way through because I just haven't. I probably should, but. I probably will too, but I just haven't yet. Well, well, I mean, commentaries are a mixed bag, especially on TV shows. I mean, I'm I'm a film nut. That's why I like commentaries on these episodes because I like the behind the scenes stuff. But some of the commentaries are very dull. I oh, will absolutely. say for Lazarus. I will say for Lazarus, you get um, I think it's Brian Kelly and um, they. I'm not sure who the producers are for Lazarus, but but uh, Cassie Freeman and my girl Allison Max do the commentary for that one. Mhm. Mm yeah. I mean, I, I, I will. Go ahead. Oh, I, I will say both Cassidy and Allison are so good and daring on on that DVD commentary. I was just like smiling through the whole the whole um. Um, commentary. I will say, I think it was Don and Holly, Don Whitehead and Holly Henderson. An interesting snippet about Lazarus, once again, snippet, copyright geek out loud. Um, 
you 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 know when like Clark was in the cornfield and he has like dream stages? Mm-hmm. They originally wanted um in that dream sequence to have Brainiac and David Spoon and um Lionel Luther, like all the main villains that she went through throughout the past nine years, but they couldn't afford that so they just took a body double of um Oh, see, I would have loved the other. I think I would have loved to see David Bloom in that cornfield. Yeah, I'd have loved to see David Bloom. Yeah, man. And then to have well, because they wanted us to also have Radomir, like Helen Blizzard, but then schedules just didn't permit. Kind of a rip off of the Buffy last season, like opener as well. Yeah, I want to know, but like going back to um, like commentaries in general, I'm just gonna say this real quick. Yeah, again, I don't watch official commentaries. I've listened to Shoot Twos. For those of you who don't know what those are, those uh, the Starkville House of L guys did a segment called Shoot Two, which would they would do commentaries on key Smallville episodes or ones they wanted to do some on, and they also did Superman Four Quest for Peace, which I love listening to along with that yeah. movie. It's hilarious. And they also and they also did one with Brian Q. Miller on the episode for um Hex. Yeah, it was Hex. Yes. No, they did Descent. No, no, but uh Brian Q. Miller came on with um Damien and Derek to do a commentary for Hex. Oh. Okay. Yeah. That one yeah, I Yeah, if you haven't seen if you haven't heard that one, it's pretty good. Yeah. Well, well, actually, it's really good. I'm underselling it. Nice. But um, we don't want to spend too much on Lazarus. I will say one thing about the commentary for Lazarus. The money here is um, Kathy D. Freeman talking about the scenes where she's with Alexander. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she goes into detail about what was going on that day and how great a guy Mackenzie Phillips was, the guy who played like decrepit old design looks. And he said he was really awesome to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, the theme for this season is very much like any last season of the series. And me knew coming in from Comic Con 2010 that year that this was going to be the last season of the show. Yep. Yeah, and, and on and all. We, we, oh, sorry. Oh, and I was just gonna say, I was gonna add on to that. On all of the promotion and all that, it's Smallville the final season. They hardly call it the tenth season, even on the box set. So. Yeah, and when you look up the, for those of you who haven't bought the Blu-ray, the old DVD set, or the, well, I guess the complete series doesn't count, but. We don't even call it the 10th season on the box, the actual box. Yeah, we call it the final season. Yep, that's why I just said. Yeah. Um, let's start with the speculation of co- coming into the season. We're going to get the negative stuff out of the way first, because that's just the way I like to do things, or at least I like to leave things on a positive note. Um, the worst episode of this season, I'm looking at it right now on my TV. I'm using my PS3 as my computer right now. Um, is collateral. You think that's the worst? 
I don't know. I don't. Like, man, I've not seen collateral back in a few It's just one of those things that I really, you know, I hated it when it when it came on, and every time I think of it, I I cringe. I don't know if it's because it's a a weak return or just a bad episode in general. I like collateral. I. Why did you like collateral? Well. Well, to be honest, I haven't seen The Matrix. I saw The Matrix the week after because of Collateral. <laughs> but, um, I, I just didn't have a problem with it. I liked the whole idea of them being trapped in a virtual reality because of the VRA and Chloe having to come rescue them and having to make a so-called, using my quote fingers here, deal with the devil with the Suicide Squad to get them out. I like that a lot. And I like that Clark and those Okay, cool. that's my other big that's my other figure where I put like a storyline was, but we'll get there. Well I mean it Oh, was... now that you're talking now that you're talking about it, I'm thinking that it's because it was a return after such a big cliffhanger. I I was kinda a little disappointed because of how the cliffhanger hanger ended, I didn't think it made sense to connect it with the VRA. But at the same time, I accepted it because, you know, I want to enjoy the final season. Yeah, I mean, I get it. And I'm not going to throw rocks at it. I'm not going to call it, like, Ageless or Noir. Oh, no. Not at all. And Ageless... But if I think... Oh, I'm sorry. But if I think if Collateral would have been our break and we would have came back on Beacon. I almost said we came back on Beacon. If we came back on Beacon, I think that would have been a better taste in my mouth. I think I would have liked that a lot better too. I agree with that. But my my worst episode is actually dare I say ISIS. Yeah, um, but really to ISIS's credit and um hold on, let me look look up that episode really quick. What episode? It was episode. It was written by Genevieve Sparling and directed by James Marshall. Um, could you have put ISIS anywhere else and it would have made sense? Yeah. The only, the main thing I liked about it was um, Clark telling Lois that he was the blur. Other than that, I. It, oh yeah. It was ultimate. Well, yeah. Life. I mean, that's your little money or your um, gold confetti. That's it coming out of nowhere. Well, yeah, but you could have put that in any episode, and ISIS would have been the exact same. And episode of the season because it is the most apparent filler episode of the season. That's Stan Lee. Stan Lee isn't bad. No, it's not bad. Not at all. It was. It's a good episode. It's a good standalone filler episode. I enjoy it. But storyline wise, I could cut it out. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I saw the same like for Collateral. But Collateral does have one of, um, I just have one of my favorite all over the way in the whole series, Clark says, there is someone else we could call, and 
she says, Clark says, Tess, all over the street, he goes, did you hit your head? <laughs> did you hit your head? I love that, too. Uh, and I do like... <laughs> And I do love the scene. You said that was awesome. <laughs> yes. And I do love the scene where Kat just walks up to Lois and stabs her with a pen. I love Lois and the reaction to that, too. That's just the point of the fair thing. Just be out. Yeah, and then she tries to punch her. Hilarious. Yeah. And, and then Clark Black is, I'm sorry, I got a flash of, like, old school Superman comic when I saw that, too. Yeah. I'll, I'll agree with you there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now that we've gotten to the negative, let's go to the positive. Um, first of all, I want to talk a little bit about the characters. Everybody, uh, because the, um, the title for the characters in this season are, let's get into the places where we need to be. I'll for agree with you. Yeah. Now. I mean, everybody. Oh, okay. Well, I, I mean, I was just going to say, I felt Oliver was kind of kind of the filler character. I didn't... Yes I, no. I didn't feel we needed to do much with him. We lifted him out of the darkness in Season 9. Why did he have to go back through it in Season 10? I, under, I understand how Masquerade worked, but it seems like kind of a cheap top-out almost. Cheap, yes. Um, they did. They did pay it off. They did pay it off at the end of the season. I agree. I agree. And I'm glad they didn't just brush over it. If they would have brushed over it, if Ryan Kelly would have brushed over it, I would have been much more um, mad about that. But they didn't. Well, I think it was tied up nicely the way it should have been. Yeah. The thing is, they wouldn't brush over it. Yeah. Alan Miles, maybe, um, but they wouldn't. Yeah. Um, if, if one thing was brushed over in terms of Oliver, Chloe and Oliver's marriage or lack thereof. I, I like I like that they got married. I like that a lot. It doesn't fit up with continuity. But if you're going to talk about brushed over, if you're going to talk about brushed over, that's brushed over. Yeah, I mean, it is brushed over. I agree. But I do like it a lot, and and you know I'm a comic book purist, and I hate things to go not the way the comics go, but I think it worked out nicely. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I couldn't see Smallville's version of Black Canary with Ollie. I don't, I couldn't either. Compared to what he had with Chloe, and speaking of Chloe, this is a nice segue, Everybody kind of moans and complains, and yes, I did notice in Shield the massive, the massive. And no, I'm not talking about cat's weight. Mm -hmm. Oh no, that was a that was a cheap joke. I'm sorry. Oh, the most, no, seriously, the massive gap that Chloe fills in left after she left in episode one. Well, I mean, she wasn't really... Her presence really wasn't gone, though. Because you saw her in yes. pretty much every episode, whether it was through a flashback or a note. But, again, I don't think you realize how important Chloe was until she was gone. Like, that one 80, so you don't know where you got into a gone. 
Yeah. You really got that with Chloe for the first half when she was gone. Mm-hmm. And then, and then it felt right when she was back again. I will say though, Allison, one thing that Allison Mack didn't mention in the commentary, which I'm surprised that she didn't, was the way she exited the show. Maybe because I think at that point she didn't know if she was going to come back when they recorded the commentary. Well, she knew she was coming back, but she did have that play. She was. But she doing... didn't know for what episodes. Yeah. Yeah. And she, she did want to come up back for the finale, though. She are always planning well, on yeah. that. Well, well, well yeah, I, don't, I think we would have had, like, I think we would have, like, thrown things at our TVs if Chloe Silver wasn't in the episode. Yeah, there, there would be a big problem if she wasn't in the finale. I would have been very upset. Yes. And really, talking about everybody getting into place, Chloe, in, in just that, in, when she came back during that, that second return over, like, returned back slower after she, like, left after Lazarus, she really talks about the evolution that she's been going through. Her motivation is not only to become a reporter, even way back in the torch, she just wanted to be in it. When she got in it, then she wanted to get out of it. Yeah. And then she, she, she wanted to, like, be on the peripheral, which she never wanted to do, ever. But when she got into it in season nine, she figured out how dangerous or how draining that would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love, and I love that little speech she has at the end of fortune. It's like, you know, I, I wanted to be by your side, but I, I realized that I'm just not cut out for this. My best thing to do is just to be like, like the general manager of the justice team, not a teammate, just a person that you, you know, people can talk to when they need to bitch it to me. Well, she. It's not really necessarily she can't be a hero. It's more of she's done her time. Now she's just going to mentor them. I mean, she... Hello. She met Batman, Wonder Woman, and grew up with Superman. Yeah. And I, I really didn't like that line of fortune when she name drops Wonder Woman and Batman. I thought that was kind of a... It's a kind of an easy way for the fans to go squeeze. I mean, I don't... I mean, if you like it, fine. I'm just not one of those people that likes to do that. Because I think it's kind of cheap because they know we're not going to see them ever. But you know they exist now. Yeah. It's nice to name drop, but you get my point, though, right? Uh, yeah, I get it. I just, I don't know. That was my favorite part of Fortune. I was loving it, and then that happened. I'm like, oh, favorite part. Yeah. Because here's my point about that. Um, we, we get a wondrous woman and a, a billionaire with gadgets, but you can't say the word successfully. <laughs> they can say super friends. Yeah, you can you can say super friends and trouble alert, but you can't say Justice League. Nice. Um, you have to have Superman. We before you can, well, you have to have Superman before yeah. you can have the Justice League, so I understand the point. Yeah, I understand it too. Um, for, for those of you wondering, we're not going to cover episodes like Ambush and Booster and Dominion because we've already covered those episodes. Go back and, because we go much more in depth with um, those, 
those episodes in our previous podcast. So if you want to hear our opinions on that, just go back to the previous episodes. Um, one more negative thing before we, we go into more positive stuff. I understand, actually I don't understand why in the world Kristen Kirk was not in the last season at all. I agree. And I don't like Lana after season four. We all know this. Actually, after after episode 100. But she did need to be in finale, I thought. She needed... And I've talked about this before. She needed to be somewhere. And the perfect time to be in there was um, episode 200, which was homecoming. I agree. And, and many... Some of you may know this, but some of you may not. President Kirk has done interviews like even during season 10 about Smallville and every time that's mentioned she seems kind of bitter and you know what I don't blame her for being bitter because from her point of view and I'm not she hasn't I don't know her personally I haven't talked to her about this I'm just speculating they're treating her like she's Sam Jones they didn't even treat Sam Jones bad though Sam Jones wanted to leave the show that's why he was written off Kristen Crook wanted out okay. in season seven. She was written off, and then she wanted back in. It was kind of her fault. Well, well, I, well, I, and maybe I'm a lot of apologists because, well, she's spoken. But, um, and you and I agree. We agree on this, I think. Even though we didn't like Lana in season five and season six, she was pretty much as big a main character as Lexi Clark uh, yeah, you could have written her off after season four, and the whole series could have gone pretty much the way it did, with just minus her. Yeah. But, and I think, actually, so, if you would have written her off quicker, the series would have ended quicker, and it would have ended maybe even better than it did. I don't know. I can't really decide, because we never saw it. Well, but. there's all these, like, what ifs, especially with this show, more than any other genre show that you and I both follow because there's been so many shifts. But the one thing, and this is more relating to Clark, was a lot of, of already got her, she's already wrapped up with a boat. She got that in a restaurant. It might not have been the cleanest story of it, but it was cool. But, um, well, you and I both like the arts back, Oh, okay. Well, like, yeah. What were you going to say? I said, uh, you and I both like the Arctic ending for Lana. Yeah. That's how it should have been. Yeah. It, wasn't a, it wasn't a bad one, but it wasn't a terrible one either. Well, it worked. It should have stayed like that, I believe. And then yeah, maybe, it, and then maybe it, she could have come back for 200 at that point. Yeah. It said, Clark, you know, you're in love with Lois. Even when, even when in like when I first met Lois, I knew you were in love with her. Yeah. It's okay. I I'm happy now. Yeah. You, you, and really, you, I mean, like I said in one of our previous episodes, that dialogue between Lana and Clark or Lana and Lois writes itself pretty much. Yeah. But not to harp on it, not to harp on it too much. Kristen Kirk should have come back. I'm kind of bitter that she didn't. Here's my last point about that. They harped on 
Rosenbaum so much, it couldn't have been like a Christian somewhere in there? No, because Lana really wasn't essential in Superman's final act. Lex Luthor, however, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, let's get into that, actually. Coming into the 10th season, um, once again, like in season 8 and season 9, we didn't know if Rosenbaum was going to come back. No, we did not. Real, I mean, that was speculation. Like, we're not going to talk about season 8, season 9 uh, speculation, because that was different. There was tons of speculation, even before Comic Con 2010 even began, whether or not Rosenbaum would come back or not. Mm-hmm. And, and because of Salvation's teaser of Michael Rosenbaum, we all were assuming that he'd be back for a little bit. However, we were wrong, and he was only back for finale. Which, I mean, I, I was okay with, because he was back, and it was Lex, and it was the final episode, fine. But I would have loved to have him back and, longer. And, you know what, though? It worked for Lex that he was only back for this one episode, because he needed to be there. Well, and I think it, also worked, it also worked, too, because... Lex's journey had already been completed. He was already a supervillain since Descent, since he yeah, killed his but father. Yeah, what's Descent hit, which we'll talk about in a future episode, we have to, because Teddy is right there, it's my favorite episode. <sighs> Sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, once, like, Descent and Arctic happened, Lex's journey was pretty much wrapped up, kind of like Lana's was. Yes. And but to go off on a little bit about Lex, I had put to bed pretty much that we were not going to see Lex again after Lex. I had. I had put that to bed. I well, I need some because you know what? This is going to sound funny to a lot of people. I hope it sounds funny to you. Um, I put to bed because I knew so many other people were going to. That that is pretty funny, actually. So, somebody had to put it to bed. Well, because you know what? I mean, like when people leave like successful or not successful shows, I mean, like George Clooney leaving ER, you don't have to have watched ER to realize that you know who who George Clooney is and how big of a story he is. You know, you pretty much put it in the back of your mind once people leave that they don't have to come back. Yeah, but, but I give it to Rosenbaum that he came back. Well, he had to. I think it was more out of pressure that he came back than wanting to. That's what I believe. But, yeah, and yeah, and really, but pressure. But is there such a thing as justified pressure? Yes. And really, I mean, it's not like somebody leaving a sitcom. Like, so you show along with shoes. I don't know if anybody gets that reference other than me, but it's, I don't think when somebody leaves a sitcom and then just the best and they never come back. And when you are a main character on a series and decide to never come back, that was Rosenbaum's thing. Yeah. Well, and, he wasn't planning on coming back at all, ever. Yeah. I mean, he had, he had, I mean, for those of you who were like, 
looked him up on the internet, you know, and not just to like make fun of him because I know some people actually did, which is horrible. Um, he had been saying in interviews tons of times before season ten that he was not coming back, and he was getting kind of tired of answering the same question. But then he said it was a possible. Then he started saying it was a possibility, and that the- he had been talking with the writers, and he kind of wanted to for the last. And to go off on that, he had made the announcement pretty much at the last minute. And for those of you who don't listen to Shoes, from what we had heard from a mutual friend of ours, Damian Holbrook, by the time Rosenbaum agreed to come back on the show, Brian and Kelly were just about to write their half of the finale strip. And then they fit him in for the final. Yeah, I mean, here's how it went. Uh, Brian and Kelly begin writing on the, the first draft. Next day, Rosenbaum says, yes, I'm coming back. Well, at least they hadn't finished the script. Yeah, well, that's what I'm Well, I'm just saying for time purposes, that's what it was pretty much. Exactly. I agree. That's and what he, And he had come back to Vancouver where they were shooting for a day. Yeah, he shot for a day, eight, 18 hours, I believe it was. Yeah, he'd gotten there that morning, and he had left pretty much the last plane out of Vancouver that night. So I give him props for that. Um, we have to mention also Tom Welling, of course, because he's the star official. Clark, in season 10, goes from the height of heights to the low of lows, to the height of heights again. Yeah. And some people really questioned the Jarrell thing from Lazarus. I, this is just me because I've not had a really good relationship with my father. That's something my father would have said to me. So the thing you said in the portrait in Lazarus. And see, and I don't mean anything by this woo against you or against anyone in general. It would have been the exact opposite with mine. He would have been the Jonathan Ken of that episode. And really, neither of those are wrong. It's just a different style of parenting. Exactly. And to, to dovetail off that, one of the special features in the season 10 DVD, and Louis said it was a documentary about fathers. And one of the like psychologists they brought on to like study the Clark Kent ensemble, Jarrell is Clark's father. Jonathan Kent is Clark's dad. Right. And and you've watched it, correct? Yes, I have. As have I. So I thought it was done excellently. Yes. I liked it a lot. And and I like the idea that the one thing, and we as audience members have known this from like day one, or not day one, we'll say from episode 104, Clark held on to a lot of his baggage. And that's where the darkness that's in his heart that Joel talks about in the, in the season opener, and really to the end of the season, that season. Yes. Clark has a problem letting go of things. Yeah. And most of that is, most of that letting go is, of course, to Miss Erica Durant's this Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. First time ever she had been in 22 episodes. It is true. That is true. 
I think she, I, well, from, from a storyline standpoint, if Chloe's not going to be there for 22, Rose needs to be there for 22. Exactly. I agree. Yeah. Um, also, now that I'm thinking about it, I have to mention this. I had a theory since season four when Lily showed up that Terry Hatcher needed to play Lois's mother. And I'm so glad that that actually came true. Yeah, I actually like that a lot. I don't, I've only seen the pilot for Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. However, I agree. That didn't need to happen because well, that's how I, it's happened in the past. Well, I think, too, I think it's, well, like you mentioned, uh, Phyllis Coates, the, the second Lois Lane ever in the history of live-action Superman, she went, she guest starred in the season finale of Lois and Clark, season one, as Lois's mother. Mm-hmm. No- Noel Neal played Lois's mother in the, the, the Superman movie, the first daughter movie. And I thought it was very, in a sense, as well, so you mentioned it, it's going to be really funny to see an older Eric and talking to his younger Lois Lane. That's going to be very cool. It's going to be very cool. Yeah. Um, Lois' journey is one of not only accepting Clark, but also accepting yourself and knowing that somebody accepts her. Because really, one of Lois' big things in the entire history of the canon is she thinks she's nuts, which she is, but, you know, somebody accepts her for that and loves her for that. Yeah, and I think that's really apparent in Prophecy. Yes. When she decides not to marry Clark, because she's so sure of Clark throughout the entire season that she forgets how to be sure of herself. And in finale, I believe, when Clark inspires her back to marrying him, I think that's when it really hits her again. Yes. I kind of mentioned this in the season nine review when we did season nine. I was very against Lois and Clark love relationship if they weren't going to go all when I'm talking about they I'm talking about the writers if the writers weren't going to go 110% all the way I wasn't on board with it they went 110% all the way with that relationship in, in this 10th season well, and I'm so glad they did well they went everywhere with it yeah they went to the funny and fortune they want to be really emotional and abandoned and, and again, just with like the little like the little stuff and like say Icarus, Icarus when they're just with the phone talking. I love those type of scenes. Yeah. And just be, I mean, and just for you, so you know, uh, we have about 13 minutes. Okay. So. To wrap this up, uh, because I did want to talk about one other now related small boat thing before we wrap up, and I think you know what I'm talking about. Go ahead. The Dark Knight Rises trailer. But before we get there, we need to talk about um, we need to talk about mercy, and we need to talk about the finale. First of all, when you're talking about Tess Mercy, she might not have been on the series very long. She might not have, but the way Tess went through this season of transformation from being, you know, 
trying to be Lionel Luther Jr. or Fino Lionel Luther to that person who died in the whole probably the best performance out of anybody in the final season. Next to Tom Welling and Erica Durant, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I put that, I put her on the same pedestal as say Durant and Welling, just because, again, you saw in one episode she cried, she ducked out laughing, she sang. Yeah, she sang. There you go. That's enough. Yeah, and and she she pretty much played, you know, not to steal something from Marvel, but the Pepper Potts to the to the Justice League. I, I'll agree. She even looks like her, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll say this about Petra's death, and then we'll go on to, like, our favorite episodes because we need to go there. Um, Petra did not go out like a punk, like, our friend Derek Russell said. Yeah. Not, not to, not to, like, be kind of morbid, but just our Smallville fans, and Kenny and I are Smallville fans first and foremost, and podcasters second. Um, we we had these kind of like death toll loops around who was going to die. Because in Jonathan, the main character has to die. And I, I did call Tess. Yeah, I think we all did this. Because really, who wanted to see Chloe die? Exactly. We we all decided against Chloe dying. We all said Tess would die instead. I thought, however, and I I did think though that Lex would kill her if Michael Rosenbaum came back, and I was so happy yeah. when I they announced that he did because I'm like, all right, there we go. Yeah, and let's let's go into the finale. The finale night. We're not going to cover the finale episode in this episode, but we will in a future episode. Let's just say this, the finale night, probably one of the best moments of my life, just just staying at home, the oh, night of the finale. Absolutely. The night I watched I don't finale, think I had a, I think we need to go over our experiences. Yes. Would you, would you like to start? Oh. Um, I'll, I'll start because mine's really short. Um... I had read pretty much no spoilers about the final episode, and I'm so glad I didn't, because a lot of that stuff was a big shock, like Lex stabbing Mercy, I was not, I did not see that, um, I did not see that coming, um, let me just say this, and I'm not going to get too emotional, but you'll notice a little bit of emotion in my voice. Smallmouth's final season finale was pretty much the last, one of the last big things I did in Washington before I moved to California. Hmm. I mean, we were pretty much like, what, 45% packed up by the time um, Smallville's um, finale happened because, like, I think the next week even, we're pretty close to the next week, I graduated college. Really? Yeah, so, but the night itself, um, a lot of just mixed emotions. I was very excited. I bolted to my iMac the minute 
what series was what series what series was done to get on the shoe line show, which was a really great experience, and I think you would agree with me on that. Yes. Um, I smiled the biggest smile that I've ever probably saw watching the TV scene that didn't have a hot chick on it. <laughs> when Clark tore up in the shirt and he revealed the house of Ushers. Yeah. Um, here's, here's a little bit of snippet about Finale, though. In, now that I've seen him like in full HD, you can totally tell Rosenbaum's head is a bald cat. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. Like, it didn't look horrible. It didn't look horrible, but you could tell. You could I've, tell I've seen better. So, to me, I was kind yeah. of like, are you serious? He looks like the leader. No, nobody looked, I mean, it looked like Mike Myers, Dr. Evil, just done a little bit half-head, half-way, you know? I would like one million dollars. Sure. Well, well, Ellie, you didn't take away from the mansion scene. How about your experience about the um, finale? My experience is very, um, well, for me, it was very exciting. I, uh... I went over to Dan's, actually, and we because we watched it together, and oh my Lanta. Um, I remember the first ten minutes of it, and I was reading the get special guest stars, John Glover, Annette O'Toole, you know, all these people, and then I saw Aaron Ashmore, and I freaked oh, out. Oh. Okay. I did, I, was there an Ashmore on there when like Wilson Clark were talking in the elevator? No. Well, yeah, wait, yes. That's when the name popped up. Okay, because I, I, I don't know why. I never noticed his voice, or I never noticed his name when I was watching the finale. We watched the finale or tonight. I just never noticed that. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't think that was a cop out using him. Because really... Who can you identify as Jimmy Olsen other than Aaron Ashmore? You can't. You can't really. But my jaw Please dropped. for this show. My, exactly. But my jaw dropped five times, and I can count the times when, actually. My jaw dropped when Okay, he, turn them off. Yeah. Okay, the first one is when Aaron Ashmore's name popped up on the screen. Because... I, okay. I got all the spoilers I could for Finale that were online, and that was in none of them. So that that freaked me out. I was like, yes. The next one was when... Not to um, cut you off, but... Go was, ahead. Was Terrence Stamp's name in those spoilers? Uh, I, it wasn't in the spoilers, but I assumed he'd be in it one way or another, so I wasn't really shocked to hear his voice. Well, he that was another big controversy, a little controversy for our listeners, because for the spoilers, and I remember listening to this afterwards, there was a big controversy if Terrence Stamp wasn't going to be in the finale. <laughs> yeah, and he ended up being in it, so I was very happy about that. So, yeah. Okay, next one, then. The second one was when Tess shot Lionel. Yeah, that was a surprising thing. And, Really, like, not even a hesitation on Tess's part, but go ahead. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I just like how Tess just like not even not even look like she thought about it. She swelled up and shot him. I know. That's what I think. That's what freaked me out most of all because that was like no mercy, like her license plate. Um, the ne- the next time it dropped was when Lex woke up. When Lex woke up. And I told you, and I told you this, like in our own private talk. The first thing I said when when Bob opened his eyes, like he took off that mask with his like kind of like mutated hand. It's like I said, I was like, oh god, he's up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And the, uh, the next one was um the scene in the barn between Jonathan, Martha, and Clark right before Clark goes to um the fortress and. It's okay. And th- not only okay, does my you... no, like not only does my jaw drop there, but I actually tear up every time I watch that scene. I can't not. Okay, I wanted to talk to you about that scene just for a little bit. I just want to mention that was the perfect last scene you could have had the kids in. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. You had to have it. In. Yeah, and you had to have it in the loft. Mm-hmm. Well, pretty much everything started with Mark with our Jonathan Clark pretty much. Yeah. From the time that he showed him the chocolate bar in the pilot to this final episode. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I thought that was perfectly done. And that was my fourth. No one, no one, no one cried foul when Jonathan touched Mark on the shoulder and nobody reacted either. Well, she knew he was there. There's no doubt yeah. about that. The same at the wedding. She knew he was there, just like Clark did. That's a great song we used, by the way. I know. The little, like, female ballad. I need to look up that song. It's, uh, Breathe Again by Sarah Borealis. Yeah, that's probably... Oh, yes, that's heard in another thing. Okay, what was your last thing? My final one was the shirt rip at the end. I jumped up screaming, and Dan's parents thought that <laughs> someone had broke into the house. It was pretty funny. You know, you know, you know what made me kind of geek out? Mm-hmm. Just hearing those, like, the musical tones. Mm-hmm. That, that's what got me the smile on my face, was just hearing that, um, you know, just the, the John Williams score just in general at the beginning when um, Chloe turns off Connor's, like, red sun lamp. Yeah. And, yes, we are assuming that that little kid that Chloe is talking to is, is um, Connor, Hawk, Connor Hawk, who is the yeah. second Green yeah. Arrow in the comic books. Yeah, I like the little, I, I love the warrior angel shirt and the red sunlight. Mm-hmm. Just on. Um, that, that whole ending thing with uh, Michael McKean's voice and probably my favorite one that but she, I love the scene with Ashley Durant and Michael McKean where McKean just goes, Lane, I know you're out there. Mm-hmm. Where's the life of Sally? <laughs> I it's love just that. a look on it. Ashmore and Durant's face, like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, um, it was just, ah, you can't put finale into words. You really can't. No, you really can't, especially the I didn't notice it until now. It took for 19 minutes, that whole last thing of him, like, throwing Apocalypse back and the ending of the whole series. 
Yeah. It's a full 19 minutes, so this doesn't feel like 19 minutes at all. I know. I know. And one, one day we will cover Finale in a podcast episode. But for now, we probably should move on from it. Okay, so the last couple minutes that I know we're trying to... I'm trying to hurry this one as fast as I can. I'm sorry, Penny. No problem. But we have to talk about... Unless you've been living underneath the rock for the last two months to close this up, we have to talk about the Dark Knight Rises trailer by Chris Nolan. Yes, we do. Um, oh, initial reaction to the trailer. Um, I'm more excited for that movie than The Avengers, even though the, the Avengers is technically the bigger movie. I think Dark Knight Rises will be... And Spider-Man, you told me? Hmm? And Spider-Man, you told me? Yes, and Spider-Man. That movie looks amazing as well, hence the title. Yes. Um, first of all, I think the, I think the use of the Star Spangled Banner was well done. Yes. I don't know if you told me first or another friend of mine told me, but it's been eight years from the Dark Knight, from the Dark Knight, from the Dark Knight. Right? I might, I might have told you that because I've been telling a lot of people that actually. So. Yeah, and really for storyline sake, it makes sense that he would have been gone for that long. Mm-hmm. To make Harvey get death and what the Joker did matter. And you saw the Tim Drake Robin signal in the crowd, right? Yeah, I, I noticed it. If you if you haven't seen, you've probably seen the trailer, ladies and gentlemen. Go back to the scene of, of the football crowd. There is one person holding up an R, and it's the um, iconic Robin R from the Robin, the original Robin costume. Yeah, and I um, I watched it a million times on my computer on YouTube, but also I saw Sherlock Holmes: A Game of Shadows, which is a Excellent movie. Highly recommended. Very, very good. I saw it in the theaters, too. Very, very good. And Well, I saw it twice. And I saw that tra- trailer yeah, in the theater twice. Once. Man, that thing is great. That trailer um, in the theater is awesome. It's very much a calm before the storm, this trailer. Yeah, it. it's not as good a trailer as the Avengers trailer is. But it gets me more psyched for The Dark Knight Rises than the Avengers trailer did for The Avengers. Well, I mean, and I give Nolan tons of credit for this, not to, not to, not to this job's reading, but you had to show more with The Avengers. You had to, because we'd seen more. Yes. Well, I mean, we've, we've technically had three trailers for The Avengers. One from Comic-Con, one at the end of Captain America, the first Avenger, and then one theatrical trailer. So you had to show yeah. more for the and final. And also, though, they're building this as the last Nolan Batman, which it will be. But in this trailer, you see Anne Hathaway as Marina Kyle. I'm not going to say Catwoman. Because even in the script, she's not named Catwoman. Um, well, she does wear the Catwoman just, suit, so she's going to be Catwoman, but still. Yeah, but I'm just saying for storyline purposes, we're only calling her Selena Kyle at this point. When we see the actual movie, it may be different. Mm-hmm. But um, the woman in the red dress, we're, we're, 
I've heard it from another friend of mine. It's pretty much a high consensus that that is kind of how cool that Bruce Wayne is talking to. You mean whatever they're calling her? Well, you know, you know when they're at the party and she and Bruce Wayne's saying hi to like a woman and she's got the like masquerade kind of back? Yeah, I see. I think that's the woman that they keep referring to, who's like a big person at Wayne Enterprises now. But everyone, yeah, everyone knows she's Talia. That, that's, yeah, but that's Talia Al Ghul. She's definitely um, yeah. exactly. Yeah, we have and we the words that they're chanting that we've all heard. They actually they do finally explain what the that word. So that can mean it means rise. Hence the title. Yes. But the big thing other than the worst football game in the history of North America ever. <laughs> Pretty much. That was just a great very well shot. Um, is that CGI? That's the best CGI I've seen ever done. That's CGI. Because that looks so but you know what I mean? That looks so real. Yeah, I know. It does. I agree. Um, but the best thing about this Dark Knight Rises trailer is, of course, um, Brock Lesnar, or no, I mean Bane. Mm -hmm. Bane, who looks like he just came from Montreal, Canada, to chop trees down, judging by his coat. Yeah, or Alaska. Yes. But the line... The line is the line that I love more than anything. When Gotham is ashes, I'll allow you to die. And we've talked about this briefly. I I will reiterate, believe that Bruce Wayne will die in this final movie. Yes, How and I agree. However, Batman will not. If they want to go through comics continuity, and I'll just I'll just give a cheap plug here. Um, for those of you who have not read Black Mirror, please reserve that at your local library, or even if you want to blind buy it digitally, or at your comic book store, that's Robin as Batman, and they call it the best Batman comic in the The Batman and Robin one? Well, yeah, the, ba the Batman Black Mirror, the new one. Oh, yeah, yeah. The one Dick Grayson is That's funny. Yeah, the one with Dick Grayson yeah, is Batman. Dick Grayson is, yeah. yeah, the one with Dick Grayson is Batman. The, my point is, if they want to go for comic book continuity, especially since they're not, there's not going to be another million Batman, if they wanted to kill off Bruce Wayne, they went like Tim Drake or um, Dick Grayson take over as the Dark Knight, that would make sense if they wanted to go for comic book continuity. I don't, I don't know if it'll be Dick Grayson. I mean Tim Drake. I don't think Tim Drake will be in the movie at all. But I would yeah. I would be excited if uh, the cop that Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays turns out to be Dick Grayson. Yeah. Um, I'm just so psyched for this movie. I mean, if, if Dark Knight was, like, say, like, on a number scale five, this one looks like it's going to be number eleven. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But um, next week we're going to be talking about um, 
two season two episodes of Rosetta, and I keep forgetting the finale of season two. Um, the name. Is that Calling? Yeah. No, that's the one before that one. What's no. it say? Two twenty-two. Covenant is called. Is uh, season. No, four. that's season three. Or What's commencement. Two twenty-two. Commencement is season four. I think it's Calling. What was it called? I'm pretty sure. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. The wonderful world of podcasting, folks. No, sorry, it's Exodus. Calling's the one yeah. before that, though, so that's why I got that screwed up. Yeah, I keep I keep mixing those two up. But anyway, we're going to be talking about Rosetta and um, Exodus. Well, we had to talk about Rosetta sooner or later. Um, mm-hmm. we have to we have to thank a few people for the big gum that we got this year. New gum, new gum. Our Christmas bonus. Yes, thank you, Dan Schmidt and Nico Reistek, for hosting us on AcrossAirwaves.com. Although technically we are a spin-off podcast anyway, so we we kind of need to be on your site to keep going. So thanks for that, guys. And thank you, Bill. Yes, it's true. It's true. But um, also, oh, I do have to mention something actually. Also, um, okay, yeah. Out of the blue, right? This um, whole podcast is out of the blue. Well, yeah, it's true, it's true. But um, if any of you enjoy Power Rangers, and actually I guess I have to mention two things, if, but if any of you enjoy Power Rangers or any of you grew up on the series and would like to hear us talk about it, we had a special retro review that I finally released. We recorded it in November. Actually, <laughs> at, at, like two weeks before Thanksgiving. It's finally out on the website. I released it today, January 7th, of time of recording. And it's 2 hours, 13 minutes, and 24 seconds. So, if you would love to hear us talk... If you would love to hear us talk about Mighty Morphin, Zeo, Turbo, In Space, Lightspeed Rescue, Time Force, Wild Force, Dino Thunder, SPD, or any of the other Power Rangers series that we talked about, actually, that's it, but still... Please go to acrossairs.com or iTunes and download it and listen. And then my second, my second little plug I have to give out is um, on January 27th, and Wu, this does not apply to you as you do not watch this show, but on January 27th, if any of you loyal Retro Review fans out there watch the TV series Chuck on NBC... January 27th is the Chuck finale. The final two-hour episode of Chuck will be on that night. And after the episode, at 8.15 or 9.15 if you're on Central Time in North America, we are, we being Dan Schmidt, Nico Reifstek, and myself, going to be doing a Across Airways live show entitled Chuck vs. the ATA live show. So if you would like to join us for that event... You can talk to us via chat, or we might have be submitting um, or have people submit calling. So if you guys want to be on the show for a few minutes, that'd be cool too. You can just call in, and we'll have you on for a few minutes to talk to you about Chuck. So is that on Ustream? Yes, it is on Ustream. 
and you can visit acrossservice.com within the next few weeks for more information on that. So, and I'm, call, and I'm calling it, we're doing what I'm super there to do to be super. What'd you say? We're, we're, I'm calling it, we're doing uh, we're what I'm going to do is look at the entire series of super there to the end of the season. Once that ends. Yes, if it ever ends. But yeah. Yes. So, thank you, Dan and Nico, for everything that you do for us, especially the gum. And you can, yeah, you can follow me at WSK9002. That's my Twitter. What's across the airwaves Twitter, sir? Across the airwaves Twitter is across airwaves. There's no the, just across airwaves at Gmail. No, sorry, on Twitter. What am I thinking? The email, sir. You're thinking about the email. I know. I was thinking about the email, but the Twitter is at across airwaves. So no the, just across airwaves, but. And my Twitter is at MJPetty7. So M-J-P-E-T-T-Y and the number 7. And then, yeah, Across the Airwaves also has a YouTube channel entitled Across the Airwaves, as well as a Facebook page, which you can contact us on, which I know Nico and Dan do a lot of stuff on that. Yes. The Dark Knight Rising streamer is on the YouTube channel, correct, sir? Yes, it, it is. Okay, so for... Some of our listeners that need, want to rewatch and have an easy way to find it, just go to our YouTube channel. And we will see you guys next week. Yes, we will. I am your host, Michael J. Petty. And I am Will F. Kim. I hope you guys have a great New Year. Have a great 2012. Yes. And live long and prosper.